Turn to 3 John uh, in the end of the Bible. 3 John, Jude, Revelation. And uh, last week we talked about the background of 3 John. And we talked about just kind of this guy named Gaius, right? We kind of went over who he is. And and, uh, John actually commended this guy Gaius in five ways. Uh, Number one, it was his love that he had. Uh, secondly, his prayer life and, and, and just who he was, his rejoicing, his faithfulness, and his example that he was to all of us. Still today, 2,000 years later, uh, the guy's an example to us. So uh, this guy, Gaius, he was the church leader of the body of Christ during this time, and uh, he showed great hospitality, not only to the believers, uh, but also to the stranger we learned last week. Um, so this brings us to the last two sections in Second John. And Lord willing, the rapture happens first, otherwise we'll finish Third John, hopefully. Um, and really there's two sections. The first is dealing with John's commendation, condemnation to Diotrephes. And secondly is John's conclusion concerning Demetrius. And so let's just read uh, verse 9 through 14, and then we'll begin. It says, I wrote to the church in verse 9, but Diotrephes, who loves to have the preeminence among them, he does not receive us. And therefore, if I come, John says, I will call to mind his deeds, which he does, prating against us with malicious words, And not content with that, he himself does not receive the brethren and forbids those who wish to, putting them out of the church. Beloved, do not imitate what is evil, but imitate what is good. And he who does good is of God, but he who does evil has not seen God. Demetrius has a good testimony from all and from the truth itself and we also bear witness and know and you know that our testimony is true. I had many things to write but I do not wish to write to you with pen and ink but I hope to see you shortly and we shall speak face to face. Peace to you our friend our friends greet you greet the friends by name. So Let's uh, go all the way back to verse 9. John begins to deal with diatrophies in this first section here in verses 9 through 11. And this is the condemnation to diatrophies in verses 9 through 11. And what a huge contrast, if you guys remember last week, with uh, Gaius, right? And the hospitality that he showed, how faithful he was, the servanthood that he displayed. And there's eight things Uh, that we want to go over tonight, uh, that we can all learn from this guy, Diotrephes. And I think it's important to not only go over the good examples in the Bible, but I think it's good to go over those that are bad examples. And this guy fits the bad examples type guy. Um, The first thing I learned is he he did not receive the authority of John. Notice in verse 9, It says, I wrote to the church, but Diotrephes, who loves to have the preeminence among them, does not receive us. So John wrote, it seems as if John wrote a previous letter, uh, and this man, Diotrephes, 
uh, most likely got rid of it. And this must have been a letter of correction, of rebuke, of instruction. Uh, but Diotrephes, he wasn't willing to submit to the authority of John, even though he was the apostle John, right? The last of the apostles. Um, in fact, turn with me to 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 16. First person that gets there, raise your hand, you get a free cookie. In the back. Did I get anybody there? Oh, I beat you. There it is. Your second. I don't know. All right, so 1 Corinthians chapter 16. John was handpicked by Christ, by the way, uh, to be an apostle of him and, and follow him. And in fact, according to Galatians 2 9, John is spoken of as a pillar in the church or of the church. And so uh, this speaks of that leadership role, if you will, or that structure uh, of the church. And now there's structure and leadership in the, in the body of Christ. And understand, as, as a church, we have order, right? In, in the Bible, it says, in 1 Corinthians 14.40, it says, let all things be done decently and in order. And so for the the things to be in order, there needs to be organization, right? So uh, Diotrephes, he wasn't willing to come under the authority of John, the disciple, the apostle John. And he didn't care about John being, you know, an apostle in the body of Christ. Um, and understand, God, God has set up church government, right? There is church government. In fact, uh, Ephesians 4.11, it says... And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets. So are all prophets? No, some, right? Some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. And what's the whole purpose of of giving us these few? Well, it's for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. So God has ordained these men in leadership roles, right, in place of leadership, because uh, without structure, without leadership, without hierarchy, if you will, um, well, there's just anarchy, right? There's just chaos. It's going to be, everybody's going to be jumping around like a zoo, and it's like, whoa, order, right? (laughs) Order. (laughs) We need, we need this order, and God set it up in the very beginning for the whole church, that we would live in order. So if you're there in 1 Corinthians, look at chapter 16, go to verse 15. It says, I urge you, Paul says to the church here, I urge you, brethren, you know the household of Stephanas, that it is the first fruits of Achaia, and that they have devoted themselves to the ministry of the saints. And then notice that you also submit to such and to everyone who works and labors with us. So even Paul, the Apostle Paul, is speaking to us, the church, the body of Christ, to the the church of Corinth here, uh, that we submit to the authorities, right? There's the, 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 those who are in the body of Christ, and it's our obligation to come under their authority. Um, now turn with me to Hebrews 13. Hebrews chapter 13. And the question is, why should we submit in this area? I mean, why should we submit, right? Hebrews chapter 13, 
Look at verse 17. It says in Hebrews 13, 17, Obey those who rule over you and be submissive, for they watch out for your souls as those who must give accounts. And let them do so with joy and not with grief, for that would be unprofitable for you. So why do we submit to those in authority above us? Well, because they're watching over your souls, right? And they'll be given an account one day before the judge of the whole universe, right? The creator of the universe. And they're going to have to give an account. Why did you do what you did? What was the motive and why you said that to them? It's a, it's a very tough role. And I'm amazed that everybody wants to be in a, uh, in a, a pastor position because it's it's something that, it's a calling from God. It's not something you just, you know, I'm going to do that. Okay, I'm going to go and be one. All right, I am one. No, it's from the Lord. He puts it on. And I've noticed, actually, that the, the ones that God spoke to in this calling are the ones that say, Lord, you got the wrong guy. <laughs> That's not me. I can't do that. I'm not a good speaker. I hate public speaking, right? And God says, that's why I chose you, right? The foolish things of the world that confound the wise. And it's just so cool. You're, you're a vessel for God's glory. But in, in whatever area God's called you, it doesn't matter if it's just the pastor or the teacher or you look at all the gifts that the body of Christ has. It's a beautiful thing what God is doing in his church. Amen, church? It's, it is. It's so cool to see the body work together. Um, but so these uh, people who are in this leadership role, these pastors, the elders, uh, they're going to have to stand before the Lord, you know, because of their overseeing position and, you know, and give an account. So understand if a pastor elder is truly watching it out for your souls and not for their checkbook, right? Um, by they're ministering to us, equipping us, they're teaching us, they're visiting us. Um, they they will have to fall in line with the authority that God has given them, right? Because their main concern, their main interest is really this our spiritual well being, and and why. Um, and that's really the whole point. If you talk to a pastor who's right on, their heart is just pouring out for the body of Christ. They're constantly in prayer for the body of Christ. They're constantly, they're concerned and their burden is not necessarily for themselves, but for those in the church, right? They wrestle uh, back and forth before the Lord on your behalf and interceding for you. Not only, you know, seeking the Lord and the word for the, you know, the teaching and the equipping of the body of Christ, um, that alone is like, you know, you're trembling before the Lord, and you're like, man, Lord, I don't want to speak anything unless it's, a, it's of you, and obviously it's his word, and if you're faithful to deliver what God's given you, then that, you've, you've done your part, right? Um, but understand, there are those who have gone astray, right, from their faith in the Lord, and these are the kind that really promote their own agenda, and sometimes they're known for you know, going off on a tangent, and, and they try pulling you away by their own ideas and their own plans, and they themselves, they have no authority, they have no, you know, anybody to keep them accountable in case they get off the word of God, and these are the kind that uh, we do not submit to, right? They, they, we don't even give them our time, because, uh, 
it, it's just, it's kind of scary, but it's true. Today, everybody's a pastor, right? They go online, they print out a piece of paper, they sign it. Oh, look, I'm a pastor. Look at that. Right? And it's like, man, no. It's just Seriously, if you guys want to look online, oh, who's going to do the wedding? I don't know. I'll do it for you. Let me just go online really quick. Oh, look, I'm an ordained minister. How easy was that? It's just, it's crazy. It's like, what? It's a calling from the Lord, not from Google. But, <laughs> but uh, so... Church, I'm just saying, be watchful, right? Be discerning and, and understand what the word of God has outlined for you and me as far as authority, church leadership. Uh, if you see this type of person, let them know, you know, you can't follow them because of what they teach. It doesn't fall in line with the word of God. So, uh, and flee from them. Um, go back to Third John. Third John, um, um, so there's eight things about Diotrephes, right? Let's come to the second thing here. Uh, he desired a position of preeminence. Notice in verse 9, it says, I wrote to the church, but Diotrephes, who loves to have the preeminence among them, does not receive us. So, by the way, this phrase, loves to have the preeminence. It's all one word in the Greek, believe it or not. That's a huge one. Nowhere else in the New Testament is this word, just here. I mean, it carries the idea of wanting or desiring uh, to be loved first, right? Or to be above others, to be over others, and to be in charge or in control of others. Some of you guys are probably thinking of somebody right now, right? <laughs> crazy but in fact turn with me to Matthew chapter 20 Matthew chapter 20 I'm going to keep you guys awake tonight by turning to the Bible here now this this type of person who does this they they desire to be in charge they desire to be number one uh, and above others understand that this type of person is opposite from what the Bible actually teaches. When you are around this person and you, you know the word of God, immediately you know, well, this guy's off, right? I don't know where this guy got his training from, uh, but the Bible definitely doesn't teach this stuff. Um, a true elder pastor is not over others, but rather under others, right? Now, it's it's the opposite of what the Bible teaches, this attitude of trying to be over. Uh, of course, he makes decision, he makes policies, there's organization, right? There's um, hierarchy, if you will, in the church. But uh, so that things are done decently and in order, right? There's got to be that position. So there's an aspect of this leadership of not desiring a place of prominence and a position of watching over or lording over or um, you know coming over in an authoritative type of you know manner in fact Jesus rebukes his disciples for this very idea Uh, look at Matthew chapter 20 look at verse 25 this is just after the two disciples they wanted to be seated in heaven with Jesus, you remember, and the, the other disciples, they're furious with, with them. And he's like, oh man, these two brothers, right? The sons of thunder. They want to be seated with them, and they're like, what about us, right? And uh, so they're angry. But Jesus says in, in Matthew chapter 20, look at verse 25, he says, Jesus called to, uh, them to himself and said, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them. 
And those who are great exercise authority over them. Yet it shall not be so among you. But whoever desires to become great among you, let him be your servant. And whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave. And just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Now, Diotrephes, he had a huge problem, right? He desired a position of preeminence, and he wanted a place of power, striving to be in charge over something or someone or some, you know, ministry. But it's the opposite in God's kingdom. If you want to be great, God says you need to be a servant of all. And and really, it's not about getting a title that says, uh, hey, look at me, I'm in charge, right? I'm overseeing this and that, and it's not about that. Uh, it's No, it's about following Christ and Christ, what he has taught us. And Jesus came not to be served, but rather to serve, right? And, and, uh, and he gave his life for a ransom for many, is what it said. But not coming to be served by his creation, rather he came to serve his creation, which is like, whoa, talk about humility. Talk about an example for all of us, right, to embrace this humility in our life. And I'm shocked in ministry how much people that I run into that desire to be the boss, right? When it comes to work, I understand that, right? People want to be the boss, and they want to be number one, and that's the world, right? But when it comes to church, we don't, we're not an organization, right? We're not a uh, for-profit, we're not a we're not a workplace, right? It's not about being, you know, some title. It's about being a believer who fears the Lord, who honors the Lord, who looks to the cross, and that's all they can do. When you get to heaven, that's all we have, right? We embrace the cross and say, Lord, this is the only reason why I'm here, right? I have nothing to bring but what you've already brought to me, right? That's our title. That's who we are. We are nothing. Amen, church? Without Christ, we can do nothing. But with Christ, we can do everything. Because it's him who strengthens us. It's him who empowers us. It's by his spirit within us. And he'll lead us. He'll guide us. There'll be literally like a burning, you know, within our hearts where we just know we're reading his word. And it's like, oh, Lord, I know that's you. And we follow that direction. We'll we'll hear that still small voice. But I'm just shocked that people uh, desire that, you know, being a boss, right? They want to get served rather than coming and serving the body of Christ. And God chooses to use, you know, the base, the, the losers, if you will, right, to confound the wise. God wants to use those who are nothing, and he wants to make them into something, right? And, and I'm just saying, you know, as a believer, God desires us not to be like the Pharisees and the Sadducees, right? He desires us to say, hey, let, let me minister to you. Let me help you. Let me do that for you. Let me go do that labor for you. What can I do to bless you, right? That's, that's the heart of those in ministry. And it was Jesus who washed the feet of the disciples, right? They're in the upper room, if you guys remember. And in John chapter 13, verse 15, uh, Jesus says, For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. 
That's amazing. First Peter chapter 2, verse 21 says, For to this you were called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow his steps. So it's a position of humility. It's a position of servanthood. And, uh, well, back to Third John. I get excited when it comes to, to servanthood and um, there's some good books out there. Ellie Romaine made, made a book called Seconds, if you guys are interested in, in looking that up. Um, and there's some other good ones. But let's come to the third thing here uh, that John addresses. It's, it's his deeds to Diotrephes, right? His deeds will be exposed in verse 10. It says in verse 10, Therefore, if I come, I will call to mind his deeds, which he does. And John says he will call to mind his deeds. In other words, he's going to remember them and he's going to announce them. He's going to expose them, bring them to light to everyone. Uh, in fact, turn with me back to 1 Timothy chapter 5. 1 Timothy chapter 5. And what is happening here in 3 John is it's called church discipline. right? And, and not church discipline for the congregation. You guys understand that's... Uh, that's, uh, what is that, John? No, Matthew 18, verses 15 through 18. That's, that's when a brother comes to you and sins against you. You bring it to another brother, right, aside, and you come and, and tell them, confront them, and if they still reject you, then you bring an elder, a pastor, right? Uh, bring it to them, and then they take it from there. But that's Matthew 18. I want to talk to you guys about church discipline as it pertains to the leadership, to, to the elders, the pastors, if you will. Um, look at First Timothy chapter 5. Look at verse 19. It says, Do not receive an accusation against an elder, except from two or three witnesses. Those who are sinning rebuke in the presence of all, that the rest also may fear. Now, this word rebuke, it means to expose, right? It means to bring to light, um, to show one's fault. And so when a, a pastor, a spiritual leader who is an authority in the body of Christ, uh, they are involved in sin, the pro- procedure is very simple, right? Bring two or three witnesses and expose the situation uh, in other words, explain you know what the sin is, what they've been doing in the presence of all. So apparently this is talking about in the presence of all the elders, right? The board, if you will, and uh, the leaders. And the reason you bring it to the leaders, the elders, is so that the rest of the elders will fear the Lord, right? They'll, they'll have that fear, knowing that if they mess up, they're going to get called out as well, right? So there's no compromise. There's not like, oh, Johnny over there does it, so I'm going to do it over here, right? There's not a Johnny over here, right? Okay. <laughs> that was a close one. Uh, but it's, you know, that's kind of the idea here. So 1 Timothy 5.21, look at verse 21. It gives us a warning here. I charge you that before God and the Lord Jesus Christ and the elect angels that you observe these things without prejudice, doing nothing with partiality. Now, in other words, don't rebuke somebody just because you don't like them, right? Um, Or vice versa, right? Uh, Don't try to free him because you like them, right? Because you're showing partiality. You're you're like, oh man, you did that. 
you know, we're not going to do anything because that's my buddy, right? No, no, right? We answer to the Lord and we speak forth what the word says. There is no partiality. Um, and our judgment comes from the word of God. Uh, go, go back to Third John. Diotrephes, let's come to the fourth thing here. Diotrephes, he drummed up false charges. False charges. Notice in verse 10, in the middle here, he didn't receive the authority of John, first of all, right? He desired a position of preeminence. His deeds were, will be exposed. And fourth, he drummed up false charges. But notice right here, it says, Therefore, if I come, I will call to mind his deeds, which he does, Pratting against us with malicious words. We would say evil words or wicked words. And this word pratting, by the way, it's only used here and nowhere else in the New Testament. And it carries the idea of really lodging a, a, an accusation against another, right? Um, a false accusation, a false charge against another person. And as if that's not enough, not only is it a false accusation, but they also throw in malicious words, right? They speak evil of and, and throw out evil, wicked words. So understand what's happening here. Diotrephes, he's a, uh, a church pastor, leader, elder, and, and, uh, he was bringing false accusations against other people, right? Um, and, and with evil words. And I've, I personally, I've seen people like this. Um, their whole goal in life is really to be in a position of prominence, right? And the person in charge, believe it or not, there's a bunch of them out there. Uh, but they place a fault in others. Why? Because, well, it makes them look pretty good, right? If they want that position, they got to take out the, right, those other guys over there. And so they'll bring in, oh, did you hear what he does? Oh, man, I don't like that. That guy, look what he, or or what he didn't do, right? They'll They'll come up with, some kind of fault in somebody. And it just, it's very, very sad. But Diotrephes reminds me of those who, uh, they'll walk all over you for a position, right? That's the type of people they are. And they're around us, believe it or not. It's really sad. Uh, but let's come to the fifth thing here in Third John. Uh, Diotrephes did not have contentment. He didn't have contentment. Notice in verse 10, it says here in the, in, the, in the end here, it says, And not content with that, he himself does not receive the brethren and forbids those who wish to, putting them out of the church. So he was not content really with where he was or with who he was and with what he was doing, right? And, and you know, an indication that you're not content is you begin to speak bad about others, right? You begin to find fault in others. And you're not content if that's the case, you know, in, in what God has given you with, you know, the ministry that you're in. By the way, if God's given you a ministry, if you're a part of a ministry, that's your opportunity to worship God in. That's something God wants you to shine in. I think of Lucifer. I mean, this guy, he had it all. This guy had it all. He, or this guy, he's not a guy, he's a, right? Um, what was he, a cherubim, seraphim, cherubim, I think it's a cherubim, but Lucifer, he was clothed in these gems, right, and, and the glory of God was shining, reflecting off him, in, in other words, he was clothed in light, this guy was created beautiful, because God made him perfect in every way, but guess what cre- crept in there, 
a little bit of pride here, all of a sudden desiring to have more, and then just looking at the one who has all and saying, well, I think I could do better than that. Whoa, right? We, I think we all understand, whoa, whoa there, Mr. Lucifer. I don't think so. But look at us. Look at us practically in the, in the things that we do throughout the day. Are we trying to accomplish more or are we content with where God has us, with the person that God has us with or with the things that God has us have, right? Whatever it might be. And uh, so it's very interesting. But when pride kicks in, you, you believe, you know, you're better than the other guy. I, I can do better than that guy, right? <laughs> Yikes, right? Um, but... Really, it should be, uh, it, it's, ugh, ugh, it's just, yeah, it just feels yuck just talking about these guys. But anyways, um, Philippians chapter 4, it says in verse 11, not, Paul says, not that I speak in regard to need, and that's the context here, but for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. Church, we need to be content, right? It's going to keep us safe in our act of worship, in our ministry, and whatever we're doing, we need to stay content. It's our accountability, if you will. That's the area we should stay in, right? The moment you get out of that contentness, if you will, uh, then you're all about, you're, you're everywhere, and you're falling apart. You've already fallen the moment you step out. So, Let's go back to 3 John. I don't want to drill you guys with that. But let's come to the sixth thing here about Diotrephes. He did not receive the brethren. He did not receive the brethren. Notice in verse 10, at the end there, it says, And not content with that, he himself does not receive the brethren, and forbids those who wish to, putting them out of the church. Now, this could be speaking of those pastors who back then in the early church and acts and, and and beyond there were pastor teachers uh going from congregation or house to house if you will uh and just exhorting the body of christ pro- proclaiming the gospel teaching uh encouraging exhorting the word of god magnifying the word right and as they came into the town diotrephes would tell them oh, 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 oh we don't need you here they got me i mean it's Right? I mean, look at me, guys. Uh, look, right? We don't need you. Get out of here, right? And, 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 uh, wow, look at the contrast, by the way. If you guys remember last week, we're talking about, uh, Gaius, and, and John says he's commending Gaius for what? His hospitality. Not just to the believers. Hey, yeah, come stay in my place, and let's encourage the body, and let's do a Bible study, let's pray. And, but not only to them, but also to strangers. He was inviting them. And wow, he just went right above and beyond. If the Romans told him to go one mile, this is the guy who would go two miles. So uh, love that guy. But anyways, uh, Diotrephes, right? He's, he's the guy that says, you know, get out of town. I'm the sheriff in town, right? That's the kind of guy he was, he, this guy was. But people like this, they're, they're, they're normally fearful for their own position, their own uh, power, their own popularity, right? And when somebody comes in and they're more influential than they are, and other people are listening to them and talking about them, well, there's a jealousy that creeps up in their hearts, and they say, I want to be that guy, and I don't like that guy. <laughs> I'm going to kick him out. And that's what Diotrephes did. He kicked them out, right, of church, we would say. And uh, he did every, everything in his power to get them out. So 
it's, it's just, it's sad that there's people. In fact, in my life personally, God allowed me uh, to be broken. There was a young pastor, I was on staff, um, he just didn't like me. He's, have you guys ever been around just a, a person, you're like, hey, how you doing? And you're like, there's just something about them where it's like, ooh, I sense that we're going to be enemies, buddy. <laughs> that was kind of the thing with him. He was married. Uh, he was hitting on my wife before she was married to me. And uh, I just didn't like the guy, right? I just, I didn't, I didn't say anything to him, but he's, hey, man, what are you doing? Like, having Bible study alone with my wife, right? Before she was my wife with Bethany. Why are you praying alone with her? Why are you going to her place alone, right? That's what wolves do, right? This guy was a wolf. He crept into the church. He had power, and he kept using it. And and uh, apparently, I was the target. And I thank the Lord for that, by the way, because uh, God was saying, "Get out of here, Josh!" Right? I'm going to use this guy to get you out of here. But I didn't understand it at the time. I was all brokenhearted and in tears, like, "Oh, you know, I was so betrayed." Um, but I realized God allowed me to see that. So now when I read stuff like 3 John, this stuff stands out to me, right? All I see is this guy's name. I'm like, man, this guy, he had a worldly ambition. And his ambition was, if there's anybody else that's being blessed and God's using, get him out of here, right? Because I want to have the preeminence. I want to have the prominence as well. So very, very scary. Uh, But um, yeah, let's come to the seventh thing here. Diotrephes, he dismissed some from the church. Notice in verse 10, again, it says putting them out of the church. Uh, so we would say kicking them out of church, right? When he was exercising his authority over others uh, for his own benefit, people would say no, right? No, I'm not going to do that. And he would kick them out of church because, uh, you know, they and that's kind of what pastors say today. They're like, it's my way or the highway. And I would say, you know, that highway's looking pretty good. Right? <laughs> See you later, right? Uh, but we need to be very careful. We need to be very discerning and, and uh, watchful uh, in all things. Let's come to the last thing here. Diotrephes, he displayed a bad example. That's the eighth thing here, a bad example. Notice in verse 11, it says, Beloved, do not imitate what is evil, but what is good. He who does good is of God, but he who does evil has not seen God. Right? Diotrephes is an example to all of us of what not to do, right? And, and so not only does the Bible give us, you know, godly examples to follow, but also it gives us ungodly examples uh, to not follow, right? We're to embrace what is good, uh, cling to what is good, the Bible says, and shun evil. That means just like, right? Like the cats do if you walk by them, or if it's just me, they're like, <laughs> that's what I picture. When you see evil, just <laughs> stay away. If you're like me, I'm a hacho. I get all allergic to him. But anyways, notice he who does good is of God because God is good. So follow his example, right? That's so I'm so happy that everything that God gives us and everything that God is, is good, right? Every perfect gift. Oh, what is that verse? Every good and perfect gift comes from the Father of lights, right? Is that so cool? And picture your health. Eh? Could that be a gift? Lord, um, this isn't healthy. This is unhealthy, right? But imagine everything that God allows you to go through. Well, it's good. 
Isn't that cool? You could praise God whatever state you are in. And like Paul, you can say, I'm, I'm, I've found myself, I've learned to be content. It's not something you just, boom, I got it. It's something you got to go through, right? You got to go through the struggle, take the experience, and then you'll learn in the end to be content with whatever the Lord's given you. So praise the Lord for that. Um, and obviously, God is good, right, in all things. Is God good? All the time, God is. God is good. All the time, God's good. Um, and Satan, of course, is the father of lies, right? He, he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And so there's a big contrast there. Obviously, he's not, you know, he's not in, how do I say it? He's in no comparison to God, right? So anyways, let's, let's, that's the first section of 3 John. Let's come to the second section here. We'll just conclude, and forgive me if we go too fast on this one, but uh, we looked at John's condemnation against Diotrephes. Now let's look at John's conclusion, including Demetrius. This is a new character who's introduced to us here in verses 12 through 14. And I'll mention four things about John's conclusion here. Number one, it involves the witness that John gives. The witness that John gives. Notice in verse 12, it says, Demetrius has a good testimony from all and from the truth itself. And we also bear witness and you know that our testimony is true. So John gave a good report, a good testimony, if you will, uh, concerning this guy named Demetrius. And it says Demetrius has a good testimony, right? So others recognized his service, his heart before the Lord, that he was doing it onto the Lord. He wanted to honor God. He wanted to glorify God. He did it on from a pure heart. And I'm sure his humility, his hospitality uh, was really obvious to everybody else, right? And so he had a testimony with other believers. And notice these testimonials are seen from really three groups uh, that I'll give you here. Uh, number one, well, notice in verse 12, it says, Demetrius has a good testimony from all. That would be the first thing I see, the first testimonial, if you will. It's from all. And and so the this is everyone, right? From within the church, everybody also from without the church. And the truth is, you know, we can look good at church, right? We can, you know, I'm wearing a collar shirt, right? Yesterday I was just wearing a regular shirt, right? If you saw me at the mall walking, I was just, I was walking all, my eyes are still hurting, so I was looking down all sad, but, uh, you know, but we, we might come to church, we could speak Christianese, how you doing, brother? May God's mercy just ocean upon you, and, right? I've heard the silliest things where I'm like, whoa, you're trying too hard, brother, <laughs> It's just, it's funny, but, but it's so easy to speak Christianese, this language. I don't know where it came from, but we have it at church. But what about when you're at work throughout the week, right? What is your testimony among others? I know what your testimony is here, right? But what is your testimony with others when you're at work? How do they see you? Um, and, you know, what is your life like there at, at work? Um, 1 Timothy chapter 3, at verse 7, it says, Moreover, he must have a good testimony among those who are outside, lest he fall into reproach and the snare of the devil. So, very, very interesting. Um, let's come to the second testimony. 
And it's the truth itself. Notice in verse 12, this is a little subtle, but as I kept reading, I was like, wait a minute, this is pretty clear right here. Um, it says, and from the truth itself. Wow, it's, if, if truth can speak, it would speak of a good testimony of Demetrius, right? It would speak of a good report, if you will, about him. And maybe that can be said of us, right? That the truth bears witness of us that we follow what is good. We follow after the Lord from all of our hearts. And I, I love that. Look at the third testimony. Uh, it's from other church leaders. Notice in verse 12, and, and this also I think is even more subtle. Uh, I had to do a little research on this one. But it says, and we, notice the personal pronoun here, we, you could circle that one, we, also bear witness, and you know that our, circle that one, there's another one, testimony is true. So this is John speaking here, and he's saying we and our. So the personal pronouns, right? So other church leadership, right? The other elders, the other pastors, if you will, uh, were testifying of Demetrius. And this speaks of his character, of his willingness, if you will, from his heart. that He's willing to go wherever, whenever, however, uh, the Lord wants him to go. Lord, you want me to go to children's ministry? You want me to be over here in this cafe? You want me to be over here with the teaching area or with the, the, the servanthood, right, of the, the laborer, if you will, of the helps, right? Where do you want me, Lord? How can I glorify you? How can I shine for you? How can I just bring a, a delight in you? And if you're like me, I complain to the Lord all the time, Lord, I got nothing. What can I do? And he's like, I just want you. And it's like, oh, stop it, Lord. <laughs> I'm trying to bring something to you to, you know, impress you. And he's like, no, I just want your heart. Right, So where your heart is, that's what he desires. He desires you to worship him through your labor, through whatever it is that he's given you. And, and how do you know what he's given you? How do you know the gifts? Right, Look at Romans chapter 12, uh, 1 Corinthians. Uh, I'm blanking out now, but uh, read the whole book of 1 Corinthians. Right There you go. Um, but uh, you'll know. People, you know, they recognize it. And they'll come up to you and say, hey, man, you sing really good. Right? Or... Uh, that singing that you do, man, it's, uh, it's interesting, right? <laughs> That's, you know, for me, I'm like, all right, I'll never sing in front of the church unless, you know, I have to, but, uh, I love singing. I love singing to the Lord, but for me, it, there's confirmation in my children. Every, every child, every time I started to sing, will begin to scream and cry and yell. And I'm like, what's wrong with you? And then they stop and I'm like, holy, holy. No. Ah! <laughs> so I know that's not my gift. That's not my area. But, um, but wherever your area is, the, the Lord will confirm it, right? Pray. Did you know you can actually ask the Lord for gifts? Not just one gift. You want all of them, go ahead, <laughs> right? The, the Lord gives us freely. Uh, just, it's, it's just it's amazing what the Lord can do. Anyways, I'm gearing off here a little bit, but this, this guy, Demetrius, right, speaks of his character, his willingness, right, to wash the feet of others. And, and that's the position that God wants us to be in, right, to serve one another, come alongside one another. And his willingness to wash their feet is awesome, right? It, 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 it shows your humility. 
he had uh, hospitality, I'm sure, right? Ministering to the needs of others uh, instead of ministering to the needs of self, right? The self-righteousness. And that, if you go to Barnes Noble, you look at all these popular books, it, a lot of them are geared toward self, right? You look at psychologists, all of a sudden they became super popular. I don't know how that happened. But what's the main goal of a psychologist? It's for self. Tell me about your self. Well, me, myself, and I, right? It's the glorify self. I'm sorry, I know there's some psychologists here. But uh, seriously, I looked into it, and I understand. There's, it's, it's a scary world that we live in. It's all over the TV, right? Um, so we, we, when we read the word of God, there should be some conflict going on in your heart. Amen? There, there should be a, a, you should wrestle with that. And really just take it before the Lord and, and talk to the Lord about that, and he'll, he'll show you. Uh, let's come to the second thing about the conclusion that John gives, and it involves the hope that John had. Notice in verse 13, and I, I had many things to write, but I do not wish to write to you with pen and ink, but I hope to see you shortly, and we shall speak face to face. Now, the hope that John had was not just, you know, to write to them, but to see them face to face. And I think I understand this, right, that what John is talking about, dealing with, you know, he's dealing with correction of the, the eldership, right, the, the leadership, the pastor, if you will, of the church. He's dealing with those with sin, dealing with those who are hospitable, those who are not hospitable, dealing with the humble versus those who are prideful and, and what they're doing in ministry, dealing with those who are servants and dealing with those who are, you know, really lording it over the flock. And, uh, John didn't want any confusion over these issues. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? I've, I could say something on Facebook and someone, they read it. I'm like, I love you. And they're like, I love you. And it's, they see it in a different light, right? And they'll read it or a text message, right? Am I the only one who's done that, right? Have you guys ever gone through that? You text somebody and they see it the wrong way and you're like, what? You're, you meant it for good from a pure heart of like whatever. You're trying to explain something and they read it in the like rah, rah, in a harsh voice and like how dare them tell me that? And you're like, wait, I never said that. What are you talking about? And uh, it's just so I understand, right? If you guys email me and I email you back, I'm very short or Facebook or whatever social media, right? I'm very... I'm very just watchful now in everything that I say. I'd rather just, hey, let's go out for lunch, man. <laughs> let's, let's just talk. I'd rather see you face to face. You could see my heart, right? You could see my tears. You can't see all that from a phone, right? You, can't, you, just, you just can't, right? Uh, you sent me the wrong emoji. I didn't mean to say that, right? It's like, oh, come on. It's a silly world. Anyways, um, wow, how did I get there? Um, yeah, let's come to the third conclusion John gives uh, involving, it involves the peace that John gives. Notice in verse 13, he says, peace to you. So this is very the very thing this church needed, right? So man, think about it, because all the problems that Diotrephes was bringing into the church, he was all about pride and position and striving to be number one, if you will, and, and uh, you know, just trying and just laboring and just exhausted, and, and there's never rest, there's never peace for this type of person, they're, they're, they're trying too hard, and you could tell, right, you walk up and you're like, hey man, 
you ever sleep? <laughs> it's like, whoa, take it easy. But this is the type of person, they're, they're always, you know, justifying, you know, why they do things or, uh, anyway, they're just, there's a certain type of person. Instead of just allowing the peace of God to lead you and to guide you, to rule over your life, right? This is the peace the Bible says surpasses all understanding. I gave up on trying to understand it. It's like, you know what, Lord? I have no clue. I don't even, I'm not going to think about it, but I just know that you're in control here. I just psh, thank you that you're in control, right? What else can we do? Seriously, I'm going to think about the whole situation and somehow it's going to change everything. Is that how it works? No. Right? What can we do but trust in the Lord? And that actually has value compared to you taking it on yourself and trying to stress out about whatever it is, right? And trying to control, like Adam and Eve taking the fruit from the tree. It's like you're trying to be God. God, get out of I got it, Lord. Get, get, I got it. Let me, let me think about this. Let me stress about it. Oh, man, this is crazy, right? No, 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 I got it, right? And God's like, come on, just trust in me with your whole heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. Just let me handle it. And I think the Lord can handle it better than we can. But understand, this peace is only found in the person Jesus Christ, right? There's no other peace that you can find. You can't get it on Amazon. Right? You can't get it anywhere else. It's Jesus Christ. He is our peace. And you'll only understand that the moment you give your life completely to him, right? You surrender to him. Ephesians 2.14 says, for he himself is our peace as the church we understand this right we understand that we we could go through the craziest craziest situation in the whole wide world whereas before you were terrified stressed out you know complaining to everybody on the phone about it and now as a believer in christ it's like you know what what's wrong with you man why are you smiling aren't you going through this situation yeah but god's got it I'm fine, right? What? What's wrong? They they think we're crazy, and we kind of are, right? We we just trust in the Lord, and His peace it just surpasses everything. It's amazing. So when we're living our lives onto Jesus Christ, when we're following after His ways, it's going to be servanthood coming out of us, right? Because He was a servant, and we will walk humbly as He walked humbly. He is our leader right? We are his followers, and we follow after him. Even if he walks towards the fire, we're going into the fire. Amen, church? Amen? First Peter talks about that. I'm encouraged by uh, Pastor Tim, right, when he's teaching through First, Second Peter. Uh, man, I love those books. There's a, those are amazing, but what a challenge it is, right, for us. Our flesh is like, no, it's hot, right? I don't want to go through a trial. I don't want to go through that. I don't want to give my, my life up right now. It's good, but you, you constantly got to surrender your life to the Lord and, and continually give it to him. It's, it's amazing. Anyways, let's sum this up. The fourth conclusion here involves the greeting that John desires. Notice in the, the end of verse 13, our friends greet you. Greet the friends by name. So don't greet those, obviously, we learned earlier, right, in, in uh, Third John, uh, don't greet those that bring a different doctrine, uh, but embrace those in the context it's talking about who are humble, who are hospitable, who are, uh, you know, they, 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 they 
serve the Lord from a pure heart. And they want to wash the feet of others. And they're not lowering it over others. They're not that holier-than-thou attitude, right? Um, and they're not barking out orders, expecting everybody to bow down to them. Whoa, right? Yikes. Watch out for those guys. But may we, may we be hospitable. May we be humble in what we do in our service onto the Lord because it's not onto man, right? If it was onto man, I would be showing partiality. I definitely would. But if it's onto the Lord, the people will see that, right? And they'll recognize that. And it's attractive. Everybody loves, there's a love that only God can give us that, uh, it's just amazing it's when we serve him. But, uh, man, I just, I don't know. Just the prayer, the heart that says, Lord, I just want to serve you. Lord, here I am, right? Send me wherever you want. I'll go. Where do you want me to go? I want to go. Because why? Not for the sake of going without knowledge. Lord, I want to go to please you. I want to go wherever your heart is. I want to go where you guide me. That's where I want to be. And if you're in that place, you're going to be so blessed. Amen, church? Amen. Let's stand up. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for your goodness. And uh, just speaking of your, your word here, Lord, and the warning that you give us, I pray that we would take heed, Father, not to allow our hearts and our minds uh, to go astray, Lord, to, to look at the things in this world, to see it as attractive, instead to see it as uh, uh, just something that breaks your heart, Lord, when it comes to the area of sin and evil. Um, but help us, Lord, whatever we have, to be just blessed, Lord, and, and to honor you with the things that we have, with the people we're with, with the places we go. Uh, Lord, I pray that you would direct our steps that you would grant us understanding of uh, really the, the knowledge of who you are and that we might serve you, Father, that we might honor you, that one day when we see you, it might be tonight, um, Lord, that we would recognize you, that we would recognize your voice. And uh, I pray, Lord, that you would just, just continue to burn that fire within us, Lord, in serving you and giving you the glory, giving you the honor, and just being in awe of who you are, Lord. And uh, I just thank you, Father, for your goodness. Thank you for your kindness toward us, Lord, and showing us your your uh, your mercies, Father. And uh, just thank you. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. With you, man. Why are you smiling? Aren't you going through this situation? Yeah, but God's got it. I'm fine, right? What? What's wrong? They they think we're crazy, and we kind of are, right? We We just trust in the Lord, and his peace is just surpasses everything it's amazing so when we're living our lives onto jesus christ when we're following after his ways it's going to be servanthood coming out of us right because he was a servant and we will walk humbly as he walked humbly he is our leader right we are his followers and we follow after him even if he walks towards the fire we're going into the fire amen church Amen. First Peter talks about that. I'm encouraged by uh, Pastor Tim, right, when he's teaching through First, Second Peter. Uh, man, I love those books. Those are, those are amazing. But what a challenge it is, right, for us. Our flesh is like, no, it's hot, right? I don't want to go through a trial. I don't want to go through that. I don't want to give my, my life up right now. It's good. But you, you constantly got to surrender your life to the Lord and, and continually give it to him. It's, it's amazing. Anyways,
Let's sum this up. The fourth conclusion here involves the greeting that John desires. Notice in the the end of verse 13, our friends greet you, greet the friends by name. So don't greet those, obviously we learned earlier, right, in in, uh, 3 John, uh, don't greet those that bring a different doctrine, uh, but embrace those in the context it's talking about who are humble, who are hospitable, who are, uh, you know, they, 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 serve the Lord from a pure heart and they want to wash the feet of others and they're not lowering it over others they're not that holier than thou attitude right Um, and they're not barking out orders expecting everybody to bow down to them whoa right yikes watch out for those guys but may we may we be hospitable may we be humble in what we do in our service onto the Lord because it's not onto man right if it was onto man I would be showing partiality I definitely would but if it's onto the Lord the people will see that right and they'll recognize that and it's attractive everybody loves there's a love that only God can give us that uh it's just amazing it, it, when we serve him. But, uh, man, I just, I don't know. Let, the, just the prayer, the heart that says, Lord, I just want to serve you. Lord, I, here I am, right? Send me wherever you want. I'll go. Where do you want me to go? I, I want to go. Because why? Not for the sake of going without knowledge. Lord, I want to go to please you. I want to go wherever your heart is. I want to go where you guide me. That's where I want to be. And if you're in that place, you're going to be so blessed. Amen, church? Amen. Let's stand up. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for your goodness. And uh, just speaking of your your word here, Lord, and the warning that you give us, I pray that we would take heed, Father, not to allow our hearts and our minds uh, to go astray, Lord, to, to look at the things in this world, to see it as attractive, instead to see it as uh, uh, just something that breaks your heart, Lord, when it comes to the area of sin and evil. Um, but help us, Lord, whatever we have, to be just blessed, Lord, and, and to honor you with the things that we have, with the people we're with, with the places we go. Uh, Lord, I pray that you would direct our steps that you would grant us understanding of uh, really the, the knowledge of who you are and that we might serve you, Father, that we might honor you, that one day when we see you, it might be tonight, um, Lord, that we would recognize you, that we would recognize your voice. And uh, I pray, Lord, that you would just, just continue to burn that fire within us, Lord, in serving you and giving you the glory, giving you the honor, and just being in awe of who you are, Lord. And uh, I just thank you, Father, for your goodness. Thank you for your kindness toward us, Lord, and showing us your your uh, your mercies, Father. And uh, just thank you. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen.